All right, Shabbosai, good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Tamato sponsors for the month of Teves, Mrs. Sama Wolf, for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month with immense gratitude for the refuels from Hashem and the merit of refuels from for all of those in need and in the schus of our brave soldiers and the return of our hostages. Lay a soul as a schus refuels for her daughter Ilana Bas Esther for the safety of our soldiers and the safe return of all of the hostages to their family. Our Daf Yomi sponsors for today, Gedalia and Donna Rosenblum, in memory of Donna's mother, Helen Sandler, Chana Bas Moshe, Zichron Levracha, on the occasion of her 11th yard site. We hope that in the merit of our time and Torah, the Nisham will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And of course, we dedicate all of the Nisachas Babakama, Ili Nishmas, Elio, Michal, Harush, Hashem, Yikom, Damo. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nisham will have an Aliyah and his family in Nechama. Well, so with that, with that, let us, let us begin. So we are, we are continuing today. Today's Daph is Sanach Dalid 64. And we are picking up in Yerza Hashem on Samech Gimel on the base 63b. I think we left off with Uminalam the Bishvua. Is that correct? Bishlama? Yeah. Is that further down? <laughs> Hope it's further down. further up. Where is it? How, how far up? Oh, Bishlama Mandamra. I see it. Okay. So actually, you know what? Let's let's actually let's actually pick up actually a few lines earlier. I mean, other than the So it's uh, it's uh, two uh, two seventeen lines up from the bottom. Perfect. So we'll say. So remember again, just to reorient ourselves a bit. So remember again, we've been introduced to the concept of kefal, right? And the concept of kefal is if you steal something, remember gneva, not gzela. Gzela is like outright theft. Geneva is repetitious or secretive theft. So if you go ahead and you steal something through Geneva and you are found with that item, you have to pay double. That's the classic case of Geneva. What we've also, what we've also been introduced to is the concept of Toin Tainos Ganov. What's that case? Right, right, I deposit an object with Ruvain. He's a Shomer, whatever it is, he's a Shomer. And then what happens? I come back to get it from him. And then it turns out that, oh, well, not he says, I'm so sorry. It was stolen from me. It turns out that it wasn't stolen from him, but he decided to keep it. He decided to steal it. That's also called an act of Gneva. And therefore, once he's found out, he has to go ahead and pay Kevel. He has to pay double. Let's pay double. So we've been hyper-focused on that last case of Toyin Tainaskana because what the Gemara introduced us to in yesterday's draft, which was quite interesting, is that the only time he actually has to pay Kevel is when is if he took a shvua, he swore. So in other words, the progression of events would be like this. I deposit the object with Ruvain. I come back to Ruvain. Ruvain, give me back my object. Ruvain says, I'm so sorry, it was stolen. I said, Ruvain, well, okay, you have to swear that it was stolen and that you're not misappropriating it. He stole it. He stole it. And then, I'm sorry, he swore. And then after he swore, it turns out that he swore falsely. Halach said, that's when he has to pay Kefel. But for example, the Brisa said, if he were to be found out before he swore, then Allah said, there's no kefal, there's no kefal, he only would pay karen, he only would pay principal. So I'll say, Sinat Gemara asks, So, okay, so we, we've already established, in other words, here, here's what we know. There's one other piece to this. We have essentially three different psukim by kefal. Three different psukim. What we're going to spend a lot of today on is trying to figure out why we need each of those psukim. So we'll say, so now that we've successfully established, according to the Gemara, that obviously a regular Ganav pays Kefal, 
That we know because it's a Pasuk in the Torah. Toin Tainas Ganev, Pes Kefal, we know because we established that from the Pasuk yesterday. Now, the, the last kind of outline piece of information is, why is it, or how do we know, that Toin Tainas Ganev only pays Kefal after having sworn falsely? That's the piece that we're trying to figure out. How do you know that in order to be Chayef Kefal by Toin Tainas Ganev, by the Shomer, who was watching the object, then swore that he did not have it. Actually, differently, watching the object, claimed that it was stolen, then swore that it was stolen, then it was found out that it was swearing falsely, that's when he has to pay Kefal. The Pasuk says that the owner will come close to the Elohim. So the Gemara says, L'shvua. So we'll say, so again, just to, just to give you the context of the Pasuk, the Pasuk is, Ki ish al-re'ehu, kesef al-kelem l'shmar, v'gunav mi-beis Okay, so we'll say, so that, that's the Pasek, right? So that's the context. That her person will go ahead and give to his friend, Kesef or Kalim, money or utensils to watch. The And it was stolen from the house of the person. Who's the person? Who's the person? The Shomer, right? So what's the halacha? If the thief is found, the thief has to pay Kevel. That's Pasek 1. Well, I mean, it's Shmos, Perek, Shmos, Perek, Chavbez, Pasek Vav. Then the very next Pasuk, but what happens if they can't find the thief? So again, say, I give the object to Ruvain. Right? Ruvain, watch over it for me. I go back to Ruvain. Ruvain, give me back my object. Ruvain says, I'm so sorry, it was stolen. Okay, if they find the thief, the thief has to pay Kefal. That's scenario one. In the following Pasuk, the says, well, what happens if they don't find the thief? So then what's the halacha? So we'll say, then what happens if they can't find the thief? Ruvain has to come close to Elohim. Has to come close to Elohim if he did not go ahead and misappropriate the object. So the Gemara says, what does that mean, coming close to, to Elohim? In this case, it doesn't mean God. In this case, again, it means a judge. What, what, what does it mean, ultimately, again, that he's coming close to a judge? The Gemara says, the Shavuah. So ultimately, again, that means... That means the Shavuah. So you see from here, you see from here that the only time that the Shomer is going to be obligated to be careful when he's towing Tainas Kanov is if he swore falsely. So you think, how do you, as long as you're saying for Shavuah, maybe it just means for adjudication. And maybe that's what it means. Misappropriation before misappropriation afterwards. So say every single time we find that lashon of shlichas yad, shlichas yad, That's the expression. Shalach yado, outstretch your hand. That is the lashon that the Torah uses for misappropriation. So every single time the Torah uses that lashon of misappropriation, it's always in the context of generating an obligation for shvua. So too over here in this case, where the shomer is claiming tainas ganov. He's claiming the object was stolen from me, so the only way ultimately we go ahead and we clarify that case is through Shavuah. I've counted Shavuah. What's well, incredible? So I'll say, so now, let, let's, so now, sometimes in life you have to pause for a moment and reflect on your accomplishments. So let's go, let's pause for a second. What do we have? Now, number one, I know that a person who steals, right, Gneva, surreptitiously, is Chayiv for Kefal. Number two, Toin Tainas Ganev. I know that a Shomer who's watching an object claims that it was stolen, claims that it was stolen, and then it turns out that he stole it. It was also Chayef Kefal. But now, number three, we've clarified that that last case only applies when? 
when the Shomer swore falsely to that effect, then was found out to be lying, now he's Chayef Kefal. Okay, beautiful. So now we'll say, let's unravel this a little bit. So Bishlom, the man, the Amar, Chad, the Ganav, the Chab, So I'll say, so remember again, this goes back to yesterday's daf. We have two different psukim. Actually, it's really going to be three. We have two different psukim that speak about, that speak about Kefal. So, 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 so obviously the question becomes, why do you need two psukim by Kefal? So according to the opinion that says one is talking about a Ganov, right? A person who just straight out steals, right? And one is towing tightness Ganov, then it makes a lot of sense, right? I need two psukim because in reality there are two different cases. But according to the opinion who holds that both psukim really refer to the same case of towing tightness Ganov. Why do I need two psukim for the same concept? Amri avad. One is to come to exclude tainas avad. Because when we saw this in yesterday's daf, I deposited an object with Ruvain. I come back to Ruvain and say, Ruvain, give me my object. Ruvain says, I'm so sorry, it was lost. It was lost. It then turns out that what? That he stole it. So we'll remember again, in that case, even had he taken a shivua to that effect, he's only chayiv karen. He's only chayiv principal, right? He's not chayiv any additional kefal amount. So we'll say, so therefore, again, I have one pasuk to teach me that toin tainas ganov is chayiv kefal, and another pasuk to exclude toin tainas avad, claiming a claim that the object was lost. Okay? Well, So we'll say, so according to the opinion that uses the two psukim, one for ganov, one for toin tainas ganov, delo miyaser lemeute tainas avad, Minolan, minolan. So we'll say, so therefore, where is that second opinion? So the one opinion that uses the Pasek, one Pasek for Ganov, one Pasek for Toin Tainas Ganov, from where does he learn out the exclusion of Toin Tainas Avad? So which the Gemara says, Niganov Haganov. Because we'll say the Pasek could have said Ganov, but instead, in a shorter way, instead it says Haganov. So that, 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 that elongated form of the word comes to teach me an exclusion that is only Gneva. It's either only Gneva itself or a claim of Gneva, which generates an obligation for Kefal. But ultimately, again, a claim of lost object does not generate obligation of Kefal. Incredible. So the goes back to Lamando Amar Tarvayu Betoyintanas Ganov, and the opinion that says that both Psukim are Toyintanas Ganov, De Miet Le Toyintanas Avad. I'm sorry, Ganov Haganov. My Darish Bay. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, the opinion that says that both Psukim are Toyin Tainas Ganov. So therefore, one is to teach you Toyin Tainas Ganov, one is to teach you to exclude Toyin Tainas Avad. What does he use Ganov Haganov? What does he use the elongated form of the word to teach me? Amr Lachal, mi baile lechid bar Abba. Very interesting. Dem Rabbi Chiyabar, said the Gemara, said, lechid Rabbi Chiyabar Abba. Amr Rabbi Yochanan. Dem Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. Listen to this. If right, if a shomer claims that the object was stolen, ultimately again, and it turns out that he stole it, he has to go ahead and pay and pay kefal. Tavach umachar. If he goes ahead and he slaughters it and sells it, ultimately again he pays the four and five time penalty payment. So ultimately again. Saganov so Haganov, he'll learn that not only is Tointinus Ganov, not only is he Chayev for Kefel, but if he went ahead and slaughtered and sold it, he'd be Chayev Arba Vechamisha, the four and five time penalty payment. So the Gemara says, Zabichia Bar Abba, I'm sorry, Lamanda, it's fine, Lamanda Amr, Chad Beganov, the Chabba Tointinus Ganov, the Hai Ganov Haganov, Afkil Mute Tainus Avad, Zabichia Bar Abba Minale. 
Rabbi the one, who, the one ultimately again who darshins that ultimately one pasuk is baganov, one pasuk is trying tainas ganov. He used gornev hagornev to exclude tainas avad. Where does he learn out this halacha, Rabbi Chibar Abba? So I'm It's a hekish. It's a comparison. Ve'in mashivin alakishin. Ultimately, again, there is no refutation. Ultimately, again, for a hekish. So we'll say what we're doing a lot over here now. It's interestingly enough, now that we've solidified our facts. What we're looking at is the different forms of the drushas, right? There are two psukim by Kevel. And essentially, the fundamental machlokis is what do you do by the two psukim of Kevel? So one opinion is saying, both are referring to Toyin Tainas Ganov, right? Both referring to Toyin Tainas Ganov. And why do you need two? To one, ultimately, to teach you the halacha of Toyin Tainas Ganov, and the other, to exclude Toyin Tainas Avad. That if a shomer, right, if I deposited an object with Reuben and I say, Reuben, give me back my object, Reuben says, oh, I'm so sorry, it was lost. It was lost. Even if he swears to that effect, that doesn't generate the kefal liability. That's one school of thought. Other school of thought says the two psukim, one is to teach me ganov, that a ganov is chayven kefal. The other is to teach me that toin tainas ganov ultimately is chayven kefal. So all that, we're, all the Gemara is doing is kind of ping-ponging back and forth, back and forth, about what each one does with all of the available drushas within this section. Okay? So, according to the opinion that says one Pasak is Baganov and one Pasak is Tointinus Ganov, so the Gemara says, Shapir, so I will say, this is great. We were, just, we were waiting. We were waiting for the Gemara to ask this question the entire time, which is like this. You know, let, let, let me, so let's, let me wrap my head around this. So there are two psukim by Kevel. So if you hold that one Pasek teaches you that a Ganov has to pay Kevel, one Pasek teaches you that Toin, Tainas, Ganov has to pay Kevel, great. But if you use both of those psukim to teach you Toin, Tainas, Ganov, then what? From where do you know, excuse me, from where do you know that a Ganov himself pays Kevel? Where did that concept come from? If Toin Tainas Ganov pays Kefal, then what? Then what? Then all the more so, Ganov himself pays Kefal. But you can make that Kavachomer. So the Gemara says, And remember again, nothing could ever be stronger than the source from which we are learning out that Kavachomer. Malahalan b'shuva, afkan b'shuva. But see, if you're going to learn out Ganov from Toin Tainas Ganov, then I can make the following argument. Toin Tainas Ganov is only chayiv in kefal of what? If you took a shvua. So you're going to tell me now that a Ganov is also only chayiv in shvua, only chayiv in kefal if he pays a shvua? If he takes a shvua, that would be a strange thing to say. But if you learn that from a Kavachomer, that's what you would be forced to say. Nafkalei, no, Samar says you're right. Nafkalei midatana tebeh chizkiah. The truth is, the concept that a Ganav himself is chayv and kefal is learned out from the following teaching of tebeh chizkiah. Midatana tebeh chizkiah, yomar, shar, ugneva, v'akol bichlal. So we'll say, now remember again, another Pasek. Pasek says, in himase timatse biado, hagneva, mishar ad chamar ad se chayim shnayim mishalim. So Moses said, now, a Pasek says, if you will find in his hand the stolen object. So this is talking about just a, a thief. You find in his hand the stolen object, right? Mishar ad chamar, 
ultimately again from an ox until a donkey, Azza to a sheep, Chaim, alive, Shnaim, you have to pay Kefal. You have to pay Kefal. Okay, so now watch what, what do we do with this Pasek. So the Vechis Gir Yomar, Yomar, Shar Ugneva, Vakobiklal. The Pasek doesn't have to mention all of these animals. Just say Shar, that's, that's an example of livestock, and just say ultimately again, Shar Ugneva, and any stolen object, Vakobiklal. And everything else would have been included in that. Yeah. So the Mar says, if that, if that was the case, if that was the case, all times a long week. In the, if that was the case, Hayisi Omer, Mahaprat Mefurash, Krav Lagabim is back. So I will say again, I would have thought like this. I would have thought like this. That Lamaisa, Lamaisa, if I would have just said Shar and Gneva, I would have thought like this. Gneva, both say is like a claw, a general statement. Shar is like a prat. Now, I don't mean to dash this like a klal and prat. I just mean to look at it just at the pasuk. And I would have said, if the Torah is identifying shar, what's unique about shar? Shar can be offered up on the mizbeach. Af kol krav mizbeach. So to again, maybe you're only chayef kefil for items that are offered up on the mizbeach. So the Gemara says, ma yesh So ultimately, again, what, so what else would you include in this? In a says, the Gemara says, top of Samach Talib, kishu omer seh, hare seh amor. Ha ma'ani mekayim. So we'll say, so again, what else would that include? So, so now, if Shor comes along, so Shor, te- Shor would teach me anything that is offered up on the Mizbeach, ultimately, again, is chayv and kevel. Now, fine. So what else does that include? And we'll say, now remember, you don't offer every single animal on the Mizbeach, right? So, for example, again, you don't offer non-domesticated animals. So, for example, you don't, there's no carbon that comes from a deer, right, for example. So, what else could it come to include? A set, sheep. Okay, now the Pasak also says sheep, right? So, in other words, so, Kishu Omer, seh, seh, Omer, ha-ma'ani mekayim. So, Gneva, the rabbis called Dabar. So, okay, so now we have Shah, we have Seh. And I both say Gneva, when the Pasik says Gneva, that comes to include everything in Kefal. So, Yomar, Shar, Seh, Ugneva, Vakol, Bechlal. So, therefore, again, I both say, so let the Pasik say Shar, Seh, and Gneva, and everything else is included. Ilokacha, Yisi, Omer, Ma, Prat, Mefurash, Dabar, HaKadosh, Bebechora, Af, called Dabar, HaKadosh, Bebechora, Ma, Yesh, Lechalahavi, Chamor. So, we'll say, here's the problem. The problem is, if you have Shar and Seh, so I would say, like, between those two, what do, you, what do you know? You have animals that are offered up on the Mizbeach and animals that have firstborn sanctity. Right? Animals that have firstborn sanctity. So the Gemara says, so, uh, So ultimately, I bring in Chamar. So ultimately, now when the Pasuk says Chamar, Hare Chamar Amar. So Yomar Shar Vichamar Se Ugneva Vakobiklao. So we'll say something we're just trying to understand over here. Why why is it that the Pasik is including all of these specific items that it is mentioning? Ilukahaisi Omer, because we'll say had I just said this, I would have said, Ma Prat Mufurash Balechaim, Afkol Balechaim. So we'll say if you look at the Pasik between Shar, Chamar, Se. So that includes livestock. So I would have said, okay, maybe it's tafka livestock ultimately for which you're chayiv kefel. Sigmar says, Avko bali chayim, mayish the chalavi, shar bali chayim, kishu omer chayim, hari chayim omer. So we'll say, here's the problem. See, we'll say what ends up happening is every single time we include something, so we say to ourselves, okay, you're coming to include now another category. Then what happens? The Torah says something else. So, for example, if I would have just said, Shar, Chamar, and Seh. Now, each of those things has something unique. 
has something unique. And I would have said, okay, all of them together teach me that all livestock items are included in, in all living items are included in Kefal. But then the Torah goes out of its way to say the word Chaim, right? Which once again says all living things. So I'm left wondering why the Torah goes through such incredible specificity. So the Torah says, Kishu Omer Chaim, Hari Chaim Amar, Hamani Makaim Gneva, Lerabos called Dovar. Ultimately, and therefore I will say, so Chaim comes to tell me all living things. Gneva must come to include all items. So again, it was, so we said before, so let it just say Shar and Gneva, and that should be enough. That should be enough to include everything. Miksiv Shar Ugneva. So the Gemara says, does it say Shar and Gneva? Gneva Vishar Hudiksiv. We'll say it's interesting. It's interesting because if you were writing the Pasuk, you would have thought, let it say Shar, which is like a prat, a more limiting idea, than Gneva, all encompassing. But that's not how the Pasuk is written. The Pasuk is written Gneva. And then Shar. So the Mosavich Tema Ilu Neemar Kaamar Ilu Neemar Shar Ugneva. If the Pasik would have said Shar and Gneva, in other words, in that order, so me matzitz amris ma prat mafurash. So I will say, would you be able to make this statement just like the Prat? Right? Again, if that's the case, I will say you would have said there's a prat the shar, and then ultimately again the cloud gneva. So have a shar prat or gneva cloud. Shar would have been the prat, the specific item, right? Gneva would have been the cloud, the more inclusive statement. Because the Gemara says, have a shar prat or gneva cloud. Prat u klal, naase klal mosif al ha prat. So I will say, when you have a prat and a klal, right, which would have been shar and gneva, so ultimately again what ends up happening is, the klal is mosif on the plot, on the prat. The israbu luhu kolmili, and that would come to include everything. Ella kedich siv kamri. Rather, I will say we're looking at the way that it's written. Geneva v'shar. So I will say, so now, but it's not written that way, right? In other words, had it been written shar and geneva, I would have said again, you have a prat and a klal, and if you have a prat and a klal, ultimately the klal comes to expand on the prat. But ultimately, again, how is it written? Ella kedich siv kamri. Geneva Vishar. I will say, how is it written in the Pasek? The way it's written in the Pasek is the Prat and then the Klal. So, mi masitz amritz hakol b'chlal. So, we'll say, you can't ration it the same way. Oha Prat mefurash. Havile Geneva Klal Vishar Prat. Rather, what you have to say is like this. Geneva is the Klal and Shar is the Prat. So, the Gemara says, Klalu Prat. When you have a Klalu Prat, what's the halacha? Ein b'chlal elamasha b'prat. So, we'll say, here's the problem. When you have a klal and a prat, right? Remember again, a general statement, a general statement, or an inclusive statement, and a more limiting statement. So the way you darshan that is that ultimately, again, the prat limits the klal. The prat limits the klal. So suddenly, again, there is no expansive statement. All there is is the limiting statement. So therefore, you have geneva and shar. What that would seem to do is limit kefel to what? To a shar. So the Gemara says, shar in, Midi achrina lo. It would dafka be a shar, and ultimately again nothing else. Amarava tana tana achayim kasamich. So I will say there's one more piece. There's one more piece. What's the one more piece? I will say there's one more word in all of this, which is chayim. Chayim means chayim means in all of these items in the in the gemara. Sorry, in the pasuk, it says living. Remember again, it's himase himase biyado agneva. If you find a stolen object in the hands of the thief, mishar. Ad chamar, ad se, chayim. Chayim. So what is that chayim? Amar Rava, 
Tana Achaim Samichlei. Now, also, before we go on, take a quick look at Rashi. So Rashi says, Achaim Samich, it's almost like right in the middle of Rashi. So Rashi says over here, Achaim Samich, Geneva, the Havile Klala Kama, Samichlei Achaim, the Havile Klala Basra, Vidarish Beklal, Uprat Uklal. Now, also, now watch this. This is actually quite riveting. So the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says that in reality, where did we get stuck? So we got stuck. You're like, where did we get stuck? I got stuck 20 minutes ago, right? Right, 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 right where, where, where did we get stuck? Is that, it's actually very methodical. It's, 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 it's not complicated. It's just, again, going through the psukim, going through the pasuk step by step. So we'll say, but where we just got stuck, in, right? where we just got stuck ultimately again, in the last iteration of this, in the last iteration I will say was that in the pasuk itself, in the Pasuk itself, that it said, Gneva and Shar. Right? The way, the way it reads in the Pasuk is, Mishar. So where do we get stuck with this? Gneva is what? Gneva is Klal. Shar is Prat. Shar is Prat. When you have a Klal and a Prat, so we'll say, what does that do? How do you dash in that? In Bichlal Alamashare Prat. The Klal is limited by the Prat, which would seem to lead us to the conclusion that the only thing that Kefal applies to is a shar. A shar. So I'll say, now the Gemara says, no, that's not the case. In fact, the Pasek is not a klal uprat, but in fact, the, the Pasek is a klal uprat uklal. Where is the second klal? Chayim. Chayim. That's the last word. Rebosek, the beauty of this is, the beauty of this is, that you begin to see had the Ribono Shal Olam in his infinite we structured the Pasak in a way, structured the Pasak in a way that ultimately again allows us to darshan things, but it has to be written a certain way. So sometimes we look, we you know, sometimes we look at a Pasak and we we look at it, it's like it's so it looks so unnecessarily verbose. If I have to put all this stuff in here, just say you have to be capable for a stolen object, but you begin to see. Remember, the Pasek has to detail some level of information, and the problem is when you say one thing that has one impact, when you say something different, it has a different impact. So therefore, what appears to be some of these extraneous words actually, again, create this beautiful halachic symphony. So that word chayim, which we thought was, which we thought was extraneous this entire time, is not. It's embedded there. Why? It's embedded there ultimately, again, because that creates the other bookend of a klal. So suddenly, I don't have a klal, klal, klal and a prat, which just exegetically would have led me to a dead end and say that Kefal only applies to a Shar, but now I have Chaim, which gives me a Klal and a Prat and a Klal. So beautiful. Oh, so now, so now it's a klal uprat uklal. So again, so now that I have, now go back to that Rashi, the Sefer Diktani, so now I have a klal upratu klal. Because I have a klal upratu klal, suddenly again I can open the door to Kefal to many different things. I, the Gemara second. Apparently the Gemara is suggesting that the second klal, Chaim, is not like the first klal, Gneva. Now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Vahalo dami klala basra to lo kayil ella balechayim lichlala kama demashma kol davar." I will say this is an interesting point. Generally, for a klalu pratu klal, what do you need? Your two klals have to be bookends. In order to be bookends, they have to be similar. Interesting. I will say, so what are, what are, what are my two klal bookends in this pasuk? Kineva 
and Chayim. The Gemara says they're not similar. Why are they not similar? We'll say, what is when you see the word Gneva, stolen object, in your mind, what does that include? What does that include? Anything, right? Any object that you steal, right? Again, what will it ex- now, this in part, what will it exclude? What will it exclude? Any object you can't steal. What can't you steal? For example, what can't you steal? Karka, land. The second klal, Chaim, will say only includes what? Living items. That's a much, that's a much narrower category, right? Gneva includes everything. It can include, it can include, you know, an animal and it can include a car and, you know, and it can include livestock and it can include a wad of cash. But Chayim, Chayim only includes, only includes living beings, right? Animals, right? So both say, so how do you make a Klal Prato Klal when your two bookend Klaus are not the same? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, So apparently now, it's interesting, in the, in the world of, 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 of ex, you know, exegesis, right? in, in, in the world of, of the Darshanos, apparently again there's a machlokas about klalu pratu klal, the mechanics of that. So we were operating under the assumption that for klalu pratu klal, the first klal and the second klal have to be similar in nature. But apparently, they understood that klalu pratu klal, the two bookend klals do not have to be the same. They don't have to be the same. They could even be different, right? As long as they are both klals, it works. Okay? So we'll say, so here's the kasha. So we'll say, so now, so now, essentially, I've gone through the Pasuk, and I understand why Geneva, Shar, Chamar, Seh, and Chayim are all included. Now let's go back to the beginning of the Pasuk. Why do I need the double option of Himase, Timase? What, what is that? What is that? Imar says, Imhimatse Timatse Lamali. So I say, what, what do I need? So Rashi says over here, Imhimatse Timatse, Timashma Ribuye Lamali, the hashtag Kamafarish Ravalukula Masnison. So I say, so what, what do I need? Himatse Timatse. What does that do? So the Gemara says, Yomar Shar, Ugneva, Vachayim, Vakol Bechlal. Just write Shar, Gneva, and Chayim. And again, I will say, that tells me what? That tells me everything. What do you have to say? So the Gemara says, Ilukain, if you would have said that, Hayisi Omer, Mahaprat, Mefurash, Davra Hakar, the Gabi Mizbeach. So we'll see, here's the problem. If you would have said those items, I would have said that what do you have Kefa for? Items that could be offered up on the Mizbeach. So I'll say, Afkal Hakari, the Gabi Mizbeach. So to again, everything else. So therefore, again, Kol comes to teach me. I'm sorry. If it would have just said, if it would have just said, ultimately again, the prat. So I would have said the prat, I would say of shar, seh, and chamar. Ultimately, what's the chamar denominator? They're all, all offered up on the mizbeach. Now, remember, chamar is not offered up on the mizbeach, but chamar does have kiddushas bechar. So in other words, these are all items with some relative level of sanctity. Either carbonic sanctity, or again, you know, kiddushas bechar sanctity. So, so too, again, for kefel, only items that possess some level of sanctity are subject to kefal. So the Gemara says, "My yeshlavi." So seh. So what? What? So we'll say, so let's analyze this. So what else are you including in the pasuk? Let's say seh. Kishu omer seh haray seh amar. So we'll say, so fine. So else what? So what else would include? Include seh. So now once the pasuk says seh, hamani mekayim geneva. So what does geneva come to include? Lerabos called davar. So yomar geneva v'shar v'seh v'chayim v'akol b'chlal. So I'll say, so let it just, like we just said before, let it just say Geneva, and ultimately again, Shar and Sen, everything else is included. So the Gemara says, Ilu Kain Hayisi Omer, Mahaprat Mefurash Davra HaKadosh Bebechora, 
af kol davar kolish pa bechora. So we'll say so again. I would have, if we would have just included those items, I would have said what's the common denominator. So ultimate, or they're all kadosh. So what what else could be included? An item that has firstborn sanctity. So mayish lechal dahavi. What else could you include? Chamar kishu amar chamar hari chamar amar ha ma'ani mekayim gneva. So what does gneva come to teach me? The rabbis kol davar. So yomar gneva v'shar v'sev v'chamar v'chayim v'akal b'chalal ilukin ha'yisi omer. So I'll say once again, the problem is, the Pasuk, come down in the Pasuk, is it's all living items. What else can you include? So I'll say, so what else can you include in the, in the list? All of the living things. Okay, so Chaim includes all living things. So the says, So I'll say, so Gneva, right, the role, is what we just said before. The role of Gneva, ultimately, again, is to include all items. So we'll say, so again, let's look at exactly what we said before. So Shar, Chamar, and Seh, ultimately, again, each come with their own unique aspect. Chaim comes also to teach you that all living things are included in Kevel. As you said before, Chaim also serves another purpose. What's the other purpose of Chaim? It's also the second Klal. Right? Remember, again, we're dual-purposing certain things. And Gneva, Gneva, then it also comes to say, lest you think that kefal only applies to living objects, it's all stolen items. Okay. So now both say, so now we fully round out the question. If that's the case, lamali. So now, now both say, in, this is actually quite beautiful. So I'll say, in the Pasuk of kefal, I understand actually why every single part of the Pasuk is necessary. I understand the need for Gneva, Shar, Hamar, Seh, Chaim. I get, I know that each one of those pieces has a purpose, right? But I will say, here's the problem. Gneva kind of is like the, uh, you know, the cherry on top, right? Gneva says, any stolen object is subject to kefel. So if that's the case, he must say, he must say, what does that do for me? I will say, Amadei, Samachtal, Amadei, 64b, Ultimately, again, it's a good kasha. Mishum is lei pircha. So the Gemara says, "Lerabos, lerabos, kol davar mehecha kamaisila michla basra." So we'll say, so now let's analyze this a little bit. So remember, going back to what we said before. So where where are we learning out? Where ultimately again are we learning out that all items are included in kevel? So the truth is, remember, it's not by Geneva itself. What is it? It's Geneva and the second klal. What's the second klal? What's the second klal? Chaim. So lerabos kol davar mehecha kamaisila michla basra. Ultimately, again, I'm learning that from Klal Basra. So, Klal Gufei, Chaim Ksivbe, Klal Uprat Uklal. My Kahanili. So, we'll say, see, here's the interesting part. The second, the Klal itself, the Klal itself says Chaim. Now, we'll say, this is kind of reminiscent a little bit of the previous question. If the second Klal ultimately is Chaim, Chaim seems once again to limit, to limit things ultimately again to living items. So, how does the Klal Uprat Uklal actually help? So the Gemara says, watch this. If it comes to include all items, this is what we said before. You see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. You see, the way the Gemara asked the question before was, how can you make a klalu pratu klal when the two bookend klals are not the same? Geneva and Chaim are not the same. The Gemara says, it's actually a much more fundamental question. The whole sold of a klalu pratu klal is what? Is what? Is that the beauty of it is, I have a klal which is an all-encompassing, right? All-encompassing word or phrase. And then I have a prat which gives me specific details. Now I understand that the prat is kind of giving me the criteria for the klal. The problem is, when your klal is chayim, 
I'll say that's not a klal. It's not a klal. Chaim is an incredibly limiting word. Because Chaim says that the only thing that Kefal applies to is living objects. So ultimately, I will say, when I look at Chaim, Chaim tells me, Bali Chaim in lo. So how, how does this help? How does this help to be a bookend klal and include other things in Kefal? I'll tell you why. Mishumhachi, it's Sadat. Mishumhachi says, you're right. You're right. Now, I will say, so... It's just fascinating what's happening over here. We're actually really riveting. So on one hand, on one hand, I need Chaim. Remember, let's go through this for a second. Let's go back. Let's, let's pause. Let's pause. Then I will say, why do I need a second cloud? Why do I need Chaim? Why do I need a second cloud? If I don't have that second cloud, what do I have? I have Gneva and Shar. Right? What is that? Klalu Prat. When you have a Klalu Prat, what happens with the Klalu Prat? Ein Bichlal Elamasha Beprat. That tells you there's no cloud. There's no cloud. That essentially illuminates the cloud and says, all you have is a prat. So all you would have in that case is shar. And I would tell you that all kefal applies to a shar. That's a big problem. So what does what the, the Torah do? What does do? He adds in chayim. That's a cloud, another cloud. The problem also with chayim, now the, the beauty of chayim, the beauty of chayim, in general, with the beauty of chayim, right? The beauty of chayim is that ultimately, again, it includes all livestock, right? Everything, everything. The problem with it is, is it still only refers to items in the animal kingdom. So I say, so now I have a second klal, so that, that helps. Now at least Chaim helps, and then I no longer have a klal and prat. I have a klal and prat to klal. That's beautiful. <laughs> my problem is, my klal, my second klal is really stunted, because it only refers to animals, to living things. I say, ultimately again, Mishumhachi itzdrich, itzdrich, imhimatzei. Oh. So I'll say, so now, so now, ultimately, again, now I understand the role of he must say, him he must say, he must say, in the beginning of the Pasek. So I'll say, so ultimately, again, what's the role of he must say, he must say? Take a look at Rashi. The Medrash Klali Minei Kid Mefarish Va'azil. So I'll say, what we're going to see over here is something really fascinating, which is, which is that the initial him he must say, he must say, is also going to act as another Klal, as another cloud within the Pasuk. But the beautiful part is, it's not a cloud that's limited to livestock. Right? Again, what is himatse timatse? Remember, again, I'll say, the Lashon of the Pasuk is, im himatse timatse biyad hagneva. If the stolen object is found in your hand. Now, we'll say, himatse timatse, the general saying, what, what, essentially, what does it say? Whatever is found in your hand, you are chayif kefal for. Whatever it is, livestock, not livestock, you're going to be chayiv. Therefore, Bosei, this is where he must say, he must say, Amri. So Bosei, so therefore again, this is, this is beautiful, no? This is like a perfect symphony. So Bosei, so therefore again, what do I have? I have Geneva Klal, right? Geneva Klal, right? Shar, Hamar, Se, Se, Prat, Chaim, Klal. So the beautiful, pra, pra, the beautiful thing is I have a Klal, Prat, Klal. Only one problem with it is that Chaim is not the best cloud, right? Why is Chaim not the best cloud? Because all it refers to something living. How does the Torah compensate for that? Himatse Timatse. It's beautiful. So Himatse Timatse is like the additional cloud that's there to bolster the cloud of Chaim. Absolutely beautiful. I just want to tell you the beauty of what it is that's unfolding in the Gemara like this. I, I know that some may not find this Gemara quite as riveting, but I just want to tell you what's happening over here. The beauty of, of, of this is you see how the way every single word in the Torah is methodical, is methodical, right? The Ribbono Shal Olam, the way he wrote his Torah is that every, there's forethought, 
behind every single word. Everything is arranged exactly how it needs to be arranged in order to teach us something incredible. So there's a number of lessons in this. First of all, to see the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to see, I will say, this gives you a little bit of an insight. The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes his Torah is an insight into the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And the same way that in the way that he writes his Torah, there is detail, right? Or there is attention to every single detail. Placement of the word is methodical. Choosing of the word, word choice, right, is methodical. So that's the Eklash Baruch who runs his Torah, Rebbe say, writes his Torah, Alachas Kama Vakama, it's the way HaKadosh Baruch who runs his world. There is a method, there is a method in every single detail, just like there's a method in every single word, even if we can't see it, right? Sing Rabbi before we started today's daf, you would, you, would, you would look at this Pasuk and you'd say, wow, that's really strange. That's a very unnecessarily verbose Pasuk. What? What is all that? And I will say, what are we doing? Right, step after step, I begin to realize every single word is necessary. Every single word is specific. And the order, the order is not random, right? Everything has a seder. The same way HaKadosh Baruch who writes his Torah with incredible chachma with every single word, that is the way he runs his world. So it gives us a window. These gemaras give us a window into the greatness of the Ribbon HaShalom. And that's number one. Number three, I will say, is the same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so careful and medactic with his words, with his words. Ultimately, again, it's a good muster for us to be medactic in our words as well. See, in the Ribbon Shalom's Torah, there's no word that doesn't serve a purpose. But say, imagine if we brought that same level of forethought and that same level of COVID Rosh to our words as well. If we didn't speak, unless, of course, those words had a purpose. If we didn't write something, unless, of course, those words had a specific purpose. How much better our lives would be, how much better the world would be. And one last lesson, I will say, one last lesson is... Oh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the master of balance. He's the master of balance. I, say, I, I, I've mentioned this before. Now, when we recite the bracha of Asher Yatsar, the way the bracha ends is we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the rofei kol basar umafli la'asos. He is the healer of all flesh and does wondrous things. So what's the pshat? What's the pshat? Mafli la'asos. So I've so mentioned this. I've mentioned this before. The Chavetz Chaim says something so beautiful. The Chavetz Chaim says... HaKadosh Baruch Hu heals and man heals. What's the difference between man's, when man heals and when HaKadosh Baruch Hu heals? Generally, when man heals, the way man heals is you have to break one thing in order to go ahead and heal something else. That's the way it works, right? person takes a medication. So it's fascinating, right? Almost every single medication has what? Has a side effect. That's the way human healing works, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. But again, there's a cost to fixing this. Something else is probably going to go wrong, right? You're going to take the medication, you're going to get nauseous, you're going to have this, you're going to have that, right? Or I will say, you know, I think always the greatest example of this is like, is like chemotherapy, right? A person has that, so again, it could cure you, it could cure you, or radiation, right? It could cure you, but like it's going to break down every single system in the process. When Chalash Baruch Hu heals, it's holistic. The Rosh heals, Rofei Kalbasar, so say, because the Ibn Shalom is the only entity that is capable of truly creating complete equilibrium in the universe. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu could heal everything simultaneously without breaking anything else. Let's say, for me, I'll tell you the beauty of these Gemaras. What's the beauty? Let's say, what is the takeaway message of this entire exercise? It's equilibrium. 
right? It's like you do this and like the universe is perfect. The Pasek is perfect. The Pasek gives you every single thing that you need in order to come out with a complete knowledge and a complete picture. This is Rofei Kobasar Umafli Lazos. This is the Pella. From this little drasha, it's not a little drasha, but from this big drasha, what do you see? The same Ribbon Shal Olam who creates equilibrium in a Pasek is the same Ribbon Shal who creates equilibrium in a Torah, is the same Ribbon Shal who creates equilibrium in the universe. And even if you and I can't see it, which more often than not, we cannot, we cannot, even if I can't see it, I believe that it's there, or I believe that it's going to be established at some point in time. This type of Gemara Bosai, this is the Gemara that fuels our Amuna. The Sema Kaddish Baruch who allows all of the pieces to fit into place. In the Pasik and the Daf of Baba Kama is the same Ribbon of Olam who puts all of the pieces in place in our lives, in our nation's life, and in our world as well. Incredible. Back to Imatzei, Timatzei. Good, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, so therefore I have Himasei Timasei, because that second Klal of Chaim is not really like the best Klal. It's a beautiful Klal. But it's not the best Klal because only referring to livestock, Himasei Timasei comes in. So the Gemara says, so let's analyze this. I va'abri. So we're going we're gonna to see, by the way, the full drush of Himasei Timasei in just a moment. So Amri va'ha, shnei Klalos t'smichi adadinehu. So I will say that this is really strange. Really strange. You don't find this often. So what are you telling me now in the Pasuk? I have Himatse Timatse. What's the word after Himatse Timatse? Right? Now it's Biyada. But right afterwards is Gneva. So now we'll say, so now Himatse Timatse is a Klal. Gneva is a Klal. That's interesting. So you have, so you have two, you have two Klalos with a, with a Chaf, not a Kof. Right? Two Klalos, ultimately again, right next to each other. Am Ravini Kitarim Marava. So this is incredible. But say, I just want to tell you something. Like, there is so much that is happening over here from like an exegetical perspective. So much like that shit about how Psukim works. Listen to what they used to say in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, they said as follows. So, we'll say any time that you have two clouds, right? Two, two, in, two inclusive words or statements or phrases. Hatel prat benehem vedonam bechlal uprat. It's really klal uprat to klal. So I say this is great. This, this, it, get ready for this. Get ready for this. Any, this is so exciting. Any time that you have two klals next to each other, so what do you do with that? The Gemara says the way, the way you're supposed to look at it is like this. Take the pratim in the pasuk and put it in between those two klals. Wow. So what is it? So watch what I got going on in this pasuk. So I have, im himatse timatse, Biyado ha-gneva. So I'll say, so now I have two clouds. Himatse, timatse, and gneva. So now I'll say, now what do I do? I take all of the pratim and the pasik and put it in the middle of those two clouds. And now I have a klal uprat uklal. Here we go. So the Gemara for example, shade shar ben himatse letimatse. So I'll say, now remember again, in fact, by the way, I actually have really three clouds happening in this pasik over here. Because himatse, timatse is two clouds. It's two clouds. So we'll say the first thing I do is I'm going to put shar between himatse and timatse. Okay, so we'll say, so now that gives me himatse klal, shar prat, timatse klal. Klal prat to klal. La suye mai, what does it come to include? I la suye balichayim. See if it's coming to include other animals. I don't need that. Why? Michayim nafka. I get that from chayim later on in the Pasuk. Right? Elo la suye davr she'en balichayim. Rather, we'll say it must come to include what? Something that's not an animal. It's not an animal, 
Right? So Shor tells me animals, and then the Kalal Pratokal comes teaching additional animals as well. I have a Dara Shahi, but what do we dash in the following? So, wow, here we go. So, I can say like this. Shar, what's unique about a shar? Number one is that it's mobile. Number two is that it has an inherent value. So, again, the cloud of So, I'm going to put shar in between imatse and timatse. Just like shar ultimately is mobile and has inherent value. So, to any item that has, that is mobile and has inherent value, is subject to kefal. Visu, furthermore, again, let's put shade chamar. Let me throw in Hamar over there also. So we're just going methodically over here. Let me put Hamar in there also. Let me put Hamar between Himatse and Timatse. So we'll say, what would that come to include? See if you're going to tell me he's coming to teach you something that even is not livestock, it's not an animal. I already learned that out. Mishar. Mishar Nafka. Interesting. We'll say, what is it coming to include? It's coming to include something that has a simon. I was about to say, we learned this in yesterday's death. You're only chayif kefal for an item that has a simon. What does that mean? It has to be an identifiable item. If it's not an item that you can identify, meaning as yours, then there can't be any claim for kefal. And I was about to say, now that's logical. Why? Because otherwise you have, no way of, of, you have no way of identifying it or proving that the item was stolen from you. So chamar comes along and teaches me, just like every chamar is unique, right? There's no such thing as two chamorim which are the same. Everyone has a simon. So to again, in order to come kefal, has to have a simon. Ihachi selamli. So we'll say, what do I need sefar? El riba umiyet v'ribo. So we'll say, okay, get, get ready for this. Get ready for this. So we'll say, so not only is there a klal and prat and klal in this pasuk, but there's also a riboy, a miyot, and a riboy. So we'll say, b'mayim, b'mayim, base pamim. So we'll say, now remember, it's talking about totally switching gears over here. Talking about things that you're allowed, water creatures that you are allowed to eat. So the Basak says, What can you eat? Right? These are the creatures that you're allowed to eat that are within the water. Anything that has fins and scales in the water. So the says, twice. What is Bamayim twice? Ultimately, you know, say so again, whenever you see, so what is that? That's not a klaluprat, but rather that's a riboy, a miot, and a riboy. And when you have a riboy, a miot, and a riboy, that comes to, that comes to include everything. My rabbi, so what is it going to include? Rabbi kol mili. Ultimately, again, it comes to include everything with Indian kefal. If that's the case, Kalani Prati Lamali. So we'll say so now, okay. So now if you're going to tell me that se is a reboy is part of a reboy, a miot, and a reboy, if that's what you're telling me, then I will say the reboy includes everything for Kefal. If the reboy includes everything, then what do I need all of these specifics mentioned in the Pasik? I'll tell you why. But I'll say sometimes things are mentioned not for what they include, but rather what? For what they exclude. So here we go. So one item mentioned in the passage is coming to exclude cargo that ultimately land is not subject to kefal. We actually saw that in yesterday's daf already because remember again, land is not mobile. One is coming to exclude avadim from kefal. Why are avadim excluded? Because they are compared to karko. And one is to exclude, exclude shtaros. Why shtaros? We saw yesterday's daf, no inherent value. So geneva v'chayim, what do I need? The words geneva and chayim, what do they come to include? The chidraf, da'amar, achyei, lekeren, kein shaganov. 
We'll say, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi's a little bit lower down on the daf. What does that mean? He says, We'll say, we're going to see that ultimately, again, Gnev and Chaim teaches me. We'll see this whole drasha. When you steal an object, Rabbi Osei, the thief is liable for the value of the object at the time that he stole it. If, let's say, again, the steal, right, right, Ruvain steals my ox. And the truth is, Ruvain did not take care of my ox. And as a result, the ox became weaker. Ox became weaker. So, and now Ruvain's found. Ruvain doesn't pay me the present value of the ox. Rather, what? He pays the value of the ox as it was at the time that it was stolen. Laman Amar. That's what I say. That's, that, that's our whole drasha. So the Gemara says over here, listen to this. One more piece. Laman Amar. The kind of atzmo nafkale mimi matzei matzei mimi matzei agan. So what's this? Remember again, going back for just a moment. According to the opinion that says chad began, that one pasuk is to teach me kefal by aganov. Second pasuk is to teach me towing tainas ganov. Ultimately, again, ganov atzmo nafkam mimi matzei matzei aganov. So remember again, and ganov himself, ganov himself is learned out from imi matzei aganov. Hi imi matzei timatzei my darshibe. What does he do with Himatse Timatse? Here we go, we'll finish with this. We know the concept of Moda Biknas Potter, right? right? So remember again, here's what's interesting. What's the logic of Moda Biknas Potter? And we'll say, now remember, it gets better. Let's say again, Ruvain admits that he stole something, that he's a Ganov. So if you're Moda Biknas Potter, but not only that, even if witnesses subsequently come and prove his liability, he's still potter. What's the logic? We'll say, we'll pick up with this tomorrow. We'll say, but interestingly enough, that if you don't need himatse timatse for all the aforementioned reasons, himatse timatse ultimately teaches me that halacha lamaisa, moda b'knas is potter. Not only that, but even if halacha lamaisa, you are moda, and then witnesses subsequently come, you're still going to be potter. All right, so we'll say, a lot, a lot packed into today. was a tremendous shkayach. What a, what a beautiful accomplishment to be able to know that at least there's one pasuk in the Torah where we know what every single word does. One pasuk in the Torah. That's, that's a beautiful accomplishment of the day. We'll say, good night of Shabbos. Shkayach.